Welcome to the 10th Region Weekly Stay Hot Podcast District Edition. This is always one of my favorite uh, podcasts that Evan and I record because uh, it's probably starting the best time of the year for me with uh, the district tournament, regional tournament, uh, then March Madness right around the corner. And Evan, once again, thanks for joining me here Sunday. And, you know, I just read a tweet where over the next 20 some plus days, you're going to be in a gym like 24 out of 29 or something or 23 out of 27 and said you wouldn't have it any other way. And I'd have to say, I agree with you. Yeah, man, I'm fired up, ready to get this rocking. I just always like the district edition just because, you know, we get to talk about the postseason and, you know, how teams are playing coming into the postseason. And, um, and all honesty, you know, in the 10th, uh, the big game starts tomorrow and that's Mason Bracken, which we'll talk about. And, you know, every other district seed. So we've known those matchups for a while, but now we can honestly confirm, you know, those matchups because, you know, in the 40th, they had their coin flip and the 38th had their coin flip or, or 39th, I should say. No, 38th had their coin flip and then the 39th, you know, they draw and then I think the 37th was pretty well decided. Um, so, um, but let's get started with the 37th. Um, uh, Campbell County secured the one seed, Calvary Christian the four, then Scott and Brossert. I'm not 100% sure, and I know you got this already pulled up, and I'm slacking a little bit, but when does that district start? When does that boys – when are they starting their play? They'll play on Tuesday, and then the championship will be Thursday. So Tuesday will be the semis, and then championship Thursday. I'll play at Campbell County Middle School. Campbell County Middle School is um, – I was there Saturday watching the – the middle school conference tournaments and um, I've played there and, or I mean, I've coached there several times when I coached at Bracken County. And, um, you know, I, now that I was there yesterday watching from a spectator, it's kind of an underrated facility. It's a nice gym for a middle school gymnasium. And um, so definitely a great venue to host the uh, 37th district. But uh, the, the game in this first round to talk about in that district is obviously the Scott and Brossard. Um, and I think, it's kind of like um, Scott's on the trend upward and Brosser's kind of trending downward. I know Brosser won a game, I think, this week um, to kind of break that eight or nine game losing streak they had um, when they beat Ryle, but then they lost back-to-back games to Lloyd and Newport Central Catholic. So um, they're kind of going into this game with a, like, what, losing 11 out of 12 yeah you know they they went one and 11 down the stretch and that was all from when they won the all a in the 10th region you know and then they things just kind of hit a wall they lost a couple that they probably could have maybe pulled out and won but it seems like when things you know start to go that direction it's just a, a downward spiral and they're just trying to work their way out of it and all that'll be forgotten if if they can you know pull things off on on tuesday night now Scott, they're 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 pretty much going the other way. They they're they're ten and six in their last sixteen games. They've played really well since the calendar turned twenty twenty three. Full health, look ready to go, and they'll they'll come in with confidence since they they won the first meeting in uh, eighty one seventy five, and that was a game that they were up double digits for the majority. Then Brossert made a late rally, like fourth quarter, they got all the way within one. They were down as much, I believe, as seventeen or nineteen because I was at that game. 
And then uh, they made a late rally, got to, got things tight, and uh, maybe they'll take some things away from what they were able to do there in the fourth quarter and, and, and try to get things implemented early on to where they won't be seeing themselves with the deficit like they had been the last time around when it was – I believe it was a 10-0 start that Scott had jumped on them right away and never looked back. Well, and if people's been following the Stay Hot podcast since the beginning of the season, we've kind of predicted that once uh, Scott got healthy and got Howe and Hunter both playing together that they would turn things around, and that seems like what's happened. And, you know, you said 10 out of their last – or 10, 10 out of their last 16, and I know they won four out of their last seven. Um, but the thing with this game here is – what should uh, maybe provide Scott a little bit more confidence is that that game they beat Brossard in earlier was at Brossard. Yeah. You know, now, you know, is that a neutral floor? And Brossard being a tough place to play, now being neutral at Campbell County Middle School, I'd like to thank the coach, Frommeyer, pretty confident heading into this game. But um, two pretty good teams. You know, Brossard still finished with 13 wins. Scott actually got up to 13 wins after their slow start. So um, this is probably one of those games in the first round that if um, people are free that, you know, want to check this one out. Um, I'm going with Scott in this game. I just feel like, you know, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament, you know, when teams on selection Sunday, they want to know what they've done in their last 10 games or whatever. And if you look at just the last two weeks of the season, Scott's playing much better than Bishop Brossard and, you know, I watched Bishop Brossard play at Augusta, and I noticed that I think um, Mason C. Pate and maybe even um, one of their other guards didn't start. Um, maybe Woosley or maybe even Cruzy. Or, um, I just know that two people that started in the All-A for them didn't start. So I don't know if, you know, there's something going on there or whatever, but I just feel like right now with this point in time of the season, Scott's playing much better. Yeah, and I think that's a great um... – gauge too is just kind of seeing you know the last 10 games of, of a team season to me I, I think is is a very good indicator on 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 where teams are going into the postseason now I mean obviously strength of schedule plays a factor in there but I think both those teams played you know a, a tough schedule down the stretch and where I look is Scott with the advantage to me is is on the interior um they out rebounded Brossard 30 to 19 in that game Carter Eaton just ate them alive inside, whether it be off putbacks or whatnot. Uh, it looked like he went 10 of 13 from the floor. I believe he had 21 points, 11 rebounds in that contest. So I'm with you. I give the edge to Scott in that one. think they're they're playing better. I know Brossard will hope to kind of have the fortunes that they did last year where they lost in the regular season of the Eagles and then beat them in the in the district tournament. So – Well, just – Sorry. Well, I was going to say just how you mentioned strength of schedule – I'm not so sure there's going to be a first-round matchup that has uh, two teams with a as close of RPI as these two teams. You know, and I know the RPI system with the KHSAA is flawed. I don't mm-hmm. think you can put a lot of stock into it. But by the system they use, you know, Scott's got a .487, and then Brossard's got a .478. So um, two very, you know, close teams who I think both are battle-tested. Both have played a pretty strong schedule, and they'll come down to – you know, the tip off on Tuesday. And I think we're both in agreement that Campbell County is um, going to advance over Calvary. Um, It's been a long season for coach Donaldson, but uh, you know, still got to show up and play this game. And I've seen stranger things happen in basketball, but um, Campbell County and 
Scott in the finals. And um, although I think this game will be a close one, I still think Campbell County wins it for what the tenth straight time now. Yeah, be a ten peat for them, which is you know in that district is is pretty phenomenal considering the competitiveness that Rossert and Scott bring every year. And I mean, at one of those years, Scott was a uh, semifinalist in the whole state. So, and I was getting ready to say one of those years, Jake Omer. Yeah, you know, a couple year. of those years, Jake Omer suited up for Scott, and right, you know, Eric Russell still found ways to uh, win the. Um, district so um but you know i don't think you know and i know this kind of looking ahead here but um i really think scott as a runner-up could really pose some problems for a couple district winners um but you know like i said that's looking ahead and i'm not dismissing scott at all because i do think they have a legit opportunity but it's just hard to go against eric russell when he's won nine straight and they've had the season they've had so we're in agreement here. It looks like we're going to go Campbell, Scott, and then Campbell hoisting the uh, 37th district title for that, the 10th straight season. That's exactly how I look at it. Yeah. I, um, don't, think, I don't think many would, would disagree there. I just think the way the Campbells are playing, Aiden Hamilton is is now the school, the program's all-time leading scorer. He looks like he's really rolling. And, you know, it's not just like him and Jake Gross. They're getting some nice complimentary um, – contributions from you know Jaden Combs or a Nathan Smith or a, or a Keegan Hill or a, a Connor Winell so they those kids seem like they've really bought into their roles and you know definitely a, a dangerous team uh if and and when they they make it to the field house for the region tournament next week and you know of course you know I talk about how much I love district week as much as I like district week I like region week a lot better and oh yeah um, no doubt <laughs> but um all right on to the 38th um, there was a coin toss this week and, um, Nicholas County secured the two making Pendleton the three, which only thing that coin toss did was decide which color uniform you were wearing in the first round. No matter who won that coin toss, it wasn't going to change the opponent. Um, Harrison County, Robertson County, the one and four, uh, the boys 38th district will be at, excuse me, Robertson County, um, this this district here is one district where the girls play their district at a different location. But for those girls fans listening that think the district's at Harrison County because the girls is, just want to make it known that the, the boys' 38th district will be at Robertson County. Um, Harrison County – Huh? I mean, I know they've done that way for a while. It's just odd. I, I don't know what the purpose is of that. I'm sure if you talk to a couple ADs in the district, they can probably give you a reason. I find it – ludicrous that that's even an option but you know i just show up and coach my team it doesn't matter um but um harrison county robertson county um we'll both be in agreement there that you know harrison county um being a top three four team in the region all year long is going to advance in that game although robertson county did get a big win on senior night against calvary christian home final score was 26 to 24 i don't know if somebody decided to take the air out of it i don't know you know what happened but in four quarters 26 24 robertson was able to pull that one out so congratulations to coach thomas mitchell and his black devils for getting that victory um and in the second game you know you got nicholas county and pendleton county where these two teams split this year um pendleton county won one in overtime at home and then nicholas county won at home against pendleton in the first matchup of the two so um i just know that uh 
this may be another one of those entertaining first round matchups in that two, three spot that we look forward to every year because, you know, they've actually split kind of like, you know, where both teams should go in with confidence knowing they can beat the other team. Two words, Wyatt Clark. 33 in the win, a 13-point win over Pendleton back on January 20th. Hit 11 of 19. Had eight, had 18 in the loss uh, in overtime game uh, on February 3rd. Pendleton County pulling that one out, 66-64. I just He's the best player on the floor. I don't think anyone will question that when those two are, will meet. And, um, you know, I, it all depends on on how Pendleton can, can contain him and, and keep him under wraps. Um, you know, and he, looks, of course, ahead. you know, in our district, we play boys and girl doubleheaders in our district matchups. Mm-hmm. So the girls have played – the girls against Nichols County always play second. So I've, I've got to watch these two matchups. And um, it was really a tell of a different why Clark in both games. I mean, um, Wyatt, the first game just seemed – kind of unstoppable, you know, kind of did what he wanted. Like you said, 33 points. And in the second game, um, he struggled knocking down shots. I don't know what he shot from the field, but I know late in the game, he got fouled on a three-pointer. And I think he either went one of three or missed all three of them with a chance to tie the game. So it just wasn't the same White Clark at Pendleton County. But, you know, as far as the season he's had and um, ability, you know, he probably is the best player on the floor who's had the best season of all the individuals. But um, and all love to John Michael here, good friend of mine. But I'm going with Pendleton County in this game, man. Pendleton County, um, once they inserted Aiden Merrill into the starting lineup, I think the offense is playing a little bit better right now. Um, I think they can give Nicholas County some problems in the interior with uh, Kirsch. Kirsch is uh, playing well in the interior. Alex Bice has had a really good year for Pendleton County, probably one of their main scoring threats. And um, I think Pendleton County is going to get him this time. And um, and I think Coach Ellsburn is going to make his trip to the regional tournament. Yeah, and this one's – to me, this is the toughest one for me to pick of the all the district tournament games. Um, I've just been been torn on this one for, uh, you know, when we, we knew we were going to have this podcast. And I'm just like, you know, who's, who's going to win this game? And, you know, who, who pulls it out? And – you know, I just think, you know, what, what Pendleton maybe got, it looked like a more balanced effort the second time around. And that's what I like to see. You know, they got 26 from Alex Bice, 15 from Aiden Merrill, who's had two good games against Nicholas now. And then you got Ethan Verst and with 11 and Austin Kirsch with nine. I mean, they get four guys right there near double figures. And to me, it's hands down Pendleton's going to win this game. Um, they shot it well that game. First game, they didn't shoot it well. You know, this one will be on a neutral floor. Oh man, it's it's tough. It really, really is. Um, I just I don't know. It's 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 one that you know. It, it, to me, it's a it's a really complete toss up. But um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with Pendleton County as well. I I just think that um, maybe mentally they have a little bit of the advantage since they won the last time around. And um, you know. well, and and I hate you know to say this anytime, but you know. I think, and I know Nichols County has had a lot of time since the LA to play without Preston Blake, but you know he's size, he's skilled, and you know, and I and I watched uh, Pendleton County play a lot more games this year. And one thing Coach Ellsburn does well is he makes a concerted effort to get the ball to Kirsch on the post, and Kirsch has been finishing, you know, well pretty much all season long. He's had a couple of games where he may have struggled here and there, but he's a force down low and. 
I know, um, you know, Coach Wright has Simons, the big sophomore, and, you know, but other than that, I'm not so sure what kind of size they have. And I think going with Kirsch on the post could really, really give them some fits. And plus, Pendleton County has decent size and senior Connor Neltner, who has been knocking down some perimeter shots as well. And um, it's just, you know, their defense looked really good the other night against Holmes. I know that came up short 45-40, but, you know, Holmes posed some problems with quickness, length, and athleticism that I don't think Nicholas County can pose those same problems with Pendleton County. So, yeah. um, you also, I mean, you also wonder, I mean, and this doesn't really factor into the kids that are playing right now, but you just wonder how much Nicholas not being in the region tournament since 2013, how much maybe that comes into play. Like, I'm sure they've heard that, you know, the way we, we discussed that day one at media day, they're well aware of that. And, it just makes you wonder at some point in time how much maybe pressure that adds to them to, to win that game as well. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think you're right, and I think we'll be able to talk about this in a, another district matchup here in a minute. Talk about, you know, how long it's been since you've done something, you know. And for Nicholas County's sake, there's been several times, and, you know, back before – um, the district even seated. There were several different times where Nicholas County even drew Robertson County or Deming and where they'd beat him twice in a regular season and then lost to him in the district. So um, I know uh, John Michael knows that. I know he knows it's been since 2013. We've discussed that. We've talked about that. And I think his kids probably know it too. But I think he's also, you know, preaching it from the other standpoint is, you know, how would it nice would it be to be on the first team in 10 years, you know, to put your team in a regional tournament? And um, John Michael's done a really good job with that bunch this year. You know, they were one possession away from potentially playing for an all-A title. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just – I'll just say this. I'm, I'm picking Pendleton County. Of course, obviously, I'm a little biased. But, two, I, um, I won't be shocked either way in this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's it, to me, it's the most toss-up of, of all of the eight first-round games, you know. that To me, that's that's the one that really, to me, is a complete toss-up. They play it ten times. One team wins five. The other team wins five. But uh, I, I think we, we're, we're both in agreement, though, too, is just we know Harrison County is the superior team in this district. I uh, You know, I think they had one game. In, in district play that was, you know, that was not in question by halftime, you know, that and that was the game that Pendleton County had, had given them a run and, you know, Harrison ended up pulling away late for, for a nine-point victory. And I still think they were up, you know, a, a decent amount or a decent chunk that whole second half. And Yeah, I was at that game and yeah. they – um I think they got it up to 18, maybe 19 in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. Pendleton County just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And I think they actually cut it to nine and had maybe a possession to maybe get closer and just couldn't. I think the final score ended up being 10. But, you know, although that, you know, the final score's 10 and it looks like, you know, that's pretty close, I don't think it was ever in question that Harrison County was going to lose that game. And just the way they've locked in defensively in those district battles and – they haven't allowed more. That was the most points they allowed in a district game was 51 to Pendleton back on January 27th. The other ones they've allowed 44, 24, 41, uh, 20 
in 44. So, you know, they're just – they're really locking in on, on, on that side of the floor. And to me, this one looks like probably outside of maybe GRC, the most clear-cut winner um, of all the district tournaments. And I agree with that. Um, I, I think it would just take Harrison County playing a bad game and one of the other two schools playing their their best game, almost a flawless game, just because, you know, when you see um, Harrison County take the floor for warm-ups and you see the amount of size they got, it almost looked like a small junior college taking the floor. You know, <laughs> Furnish, you know, seven foot, and J.D. Kendall's about six six, and um, they just – they got a lot of good size, and their guard plays really good. And, you know, I the games I've watched of Harrison County – Smalley's knocked down some perimeter threes. Kendall shot well. Custer's coming off a game where he hit, what, eight threes in a game, um, which, you know, the recipe for coaches used to be to back off Custer and let him shoot because he was so hard to keep out of the paint. Well, I think he's worked hard enough on his game now that, you know, that, that may not be the best option. But um, I agree with you there that, you know, Harrison County and you know, I think we both agreed that Pendleton County would be the two teams representing that district in the regional tournament. So, yeah, and, and we'll get more into this next week. I just think Harrison's still lacking that marquee. You know, they're they're ready to to win this region type of win. You know, they do have a good win over Bracken County, but outside of that, there's not a win you can say on their schedule like, oh wow, this team is is ready to take it to the next level and. That's with them going, you know, 24 and six, and, you know, Terrence Brooks, we, we, we know does a great job with those guys. And, you know, he was the uh, co-coach of the year by the coaches association along with him and Brian Kirk. So congrats to him and, and getting his guys to lock in and, and, and have a successful season. Now let's just see, you know, what they do come, come next week um, when they get into the region tournament, assuming they, they win on uh, Tuesday night against Robertson. Well, and that's something we'll talk about next week, too, about, you know, because we'll know next week. We'll already know the region matchups. So that um, one goes, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday? So Tuesday's Harrison Robertson, Wednesday's Nicholas Pendleton, and then Friday's the championship? Correct. Okay. Um, Because the girls will play on Monday, Thursday. Yeah. Um. All right, the 39th. And, you know, we talked about Scott Brossert, Nicholas Pendleton. Well, another one of those toss-ups is Mason Bracken. Um, it's, uh, you know, of course, you know me, I love draw day and I love social media on draw day when Mason and Bracken draw each other. Um, just because I like to hear everybody whine and, you know, but, you know, the one thing I've always said, and, you know, when I was at Bracken County, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I know your argument to that is, you know, you'd rather be in the finals. To me, I'd rather beat them in the first round than have a easier matchup in the finals. And I'm not saying that's just the case, you know, here with Augusta or St. Pat winner, because I think, you know, the winner of that game, you know, Augusta could potentially, you know, give Bracken or Mason a game if they're firing on all cylinders. Um, but um, the difference to me with Mason Bracken is, and um, this could be totally short-sighted for me to say this, but. I'm picking Mason County here in this game for the simple fact that Mason County's won 30-plus straight games. And until Bracken shows me they can win that game now, does Bracken County have the ability? Does Bracken County have the players? Yes. But I thought Bracken County played pretty good in that December matchup, and somehow Mason County found a way to win that game. Um, 
I think Brown County even had the lead in the ball late, and somehow Mason County still found a way to win. And a lot of that finding a way to win is the other team who's not beat you in a while finding a way to lose. And the one thing I do know about Brighton County um, with their coaching staff, they're going to be prepared. They're going to uh, have a good game plan in place. And um, But I think what's ultimately going to be, you know, the difference in this game here is not only the 30-plus game winning streak for Mason County, but I think Mason County's size and depth will be problematic for Bracken County. Yeah, I mean, you look at the first meeting and 61 of the 63 from Bracken County came from a read. You know, Blake had 47 in that game. Caden had 14. They got two points elsewhere. So that's going to be the key. Again, you know, I, I think Mason would live with with Blake again, getting 40 plus and locking everybody else down. Um, now, you know, Caden still got 14 and did his thing, hit six of 14 from the field, but they didn't have a three-pointer from anybody else. You know, Chase Archibald was 0 for, 0 for 2 in that game. And, you know, he's a guy that's been knocking down, I think, three-plus three-pointers a game. So if they get that type of contribution, then, yes, I think game on. But until I see um, their role players step up and, and and make a name for themselves in this game, you know, it, it, to me it's it's still Mason County. Um, Terrell Henry, it's his, it's his senior year. I, I don't see him going out like this in, in the first round of a district tournament. And it's at the field house too. So I think that also adds an advantage for them. And again, you, you go back to the first meeting and, you know, they, they got <laughs> Terrell was the one who made the game winning play. You know, he got the steal there toward the end of the game. And then he also got the game winning bucket. So, you know, what, what's the Santana Moss saying? Big time players make big time plays in big time games. So, right. Again, I've, I've got to go with him, you know, congrats to him for winning the uh, KABC co-region player of the year with Jerome Morton. And, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, this is where your cream rises to the crop. And uh, Bracken, you know, they've, they've struggled down the stretch. You know, they um, they got a big win on, on Friday against Madison Southern, who's a pretty decent team out of the 11th region. But prior to that, they had lost four in a row. Granted, it was against some really good teams. I mean, George Rogers-Clark, Lyon County, that's two of your top ten teams in the state. Franklin County was kind of a head scratcher, lost that one in overtime at home, and then uh, lost to Walton Verona as well. So, you know, losing four or five going in, um, you wonder kind of where they're at. Um, you know, Adam Reed didn't coach the George Rogers Clark game. Uh, to my knowledge, it was a it was some sort of um, deal with a you know a, a one game suspension. So, you know, it just makes me wonder kind of where where they're at mentally, and and are they ready for this game? But I can guarantee you they're ready. I mean. The schedule that they've played this season, uh, those 29 games, I mean, there's there's maybe a handful of games where you can say they had a cupcake. You know, outside of that, they really challenge themselves. Um, again, the, they'll be ready to go. You know, it's just a matter of, of do they have the horses to hang. Right, and I just, you know, and I've constantly, you know, have always said that Brighton County struggle should struggle with teams with size. But that hasn't always been the case because, you know, Austin Norton plays bigger than he is. They get a lot of play from, uh, you know, Jashad, and he's physical and he, he can get tough rebounds. And then, you know, I think the key for Bratton County to win this game is, like you mentioned earlier, you got to get more production from somebody other than Blake or Caden. Chase and Jashad didn't play that a, game. Huh? And Jashad didn't play right. that game either. Right. But, you know, Chase has been shooting the ball extremely well, I think, you know, against Lyon County down there, he shot the ball well. And I think there was another game I watched on the stream that he shot the ball well. And, 
you know, he's been do- knocking down some shots from the perimeter. And, um, but I think he's going to have to do that against Mason County and maybe knock down several to uh, kind of help Blake and Caden in the scoring column yeah, for them. They're going to need to get a third player in double figures. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that's the same thing I said last year. They got to get a third guy in there. Um, you know, when those two went head to head in the district championship last year, I, I, they had to get a third guy there um, to to help contribute um, because it, it it can't you can't beat a, a team of quality of of Mason County two on five just can't do it. And, and well, you know, not- also with Mason, you know, it's not like they're they're coming in playing their best basketball either. You know, they've lost three of their last five. Granted, again. To, to really good competition. Connor, a, a great team out of the ninth region. Simon Kenton, a threat to win the eighth. And then Grant County, another threat to, to win the eighth. So, and you know, that they lost, lost three Simon, or five. Well, that loss to Simon Kenton's kind of scratched my head because Scott beat Simon Kenton. Well, um, t- t- Henry didn't play. Terrell was out. Oh, okay. And, well, and not making an excuse because, you know, it looked like that game went in Simon Kenton's favor because I've seen them play numerous times this year. They want to grind it out, play, stick in his own play in the forties or fifties. And that's what they did in one 45, 42 on them. Right. So now, and you know, and you said mentioned two on five and that's the thing, you know, I feel like Mason County's done a really good job all year long of using their bench and bringing them in to provide energy spark. If nothing else, there's five fouls there. Um, but they play more than five guys. And in the production shows, I mean, they've got four guys, you know, five guys right at nine points or, or more a game. So, and then you add in, you know, Carter McClanahan off the bench, who's had some some nice nights. So that gives them six guys. You know, when they're on the floor, you have to honor them and and respect that that, that they're going to score. And I will also agree with you on this statement here. There's no doubt in my mind. I'll speak with 100% certainty that Blake and Caden Reed will be ready to play this game tomorrow night. Yeah, no. they live. They live for games like these. They they love being, you know, the underdog. They love they love kind of playing that mentality that. And there's you know, we're gonna, there's we're no gonna come game here. We're gonna beat you. You know, there's no game or no atmosphere that's too big for those boys. No, not at all. They've been raised that way. Adam, yeah. the same type player. Um, you know, Adam was probably one of the tenth region's finest players. You know, when he was playing, and um, he wasn't scared of any moment. You know, he was confident in his own abilities, and I think that's the way he's raised those two. And when you watch them play, um, I'm not scared of anybody. And who's your, I think uh, that's- who, who's your X factor in, in this game? I think for Mason, it's, it's KG Walton. Had some huge shots down the stretch against them the first time around. And then I think on the Bracken side, it's Chase Archibald. They got to get him going from three. Because if you add that dimension in, it spaces the floor more and it creates more lanes. So those are my two guys I think that make a difference in this game if they do. Well, and that um, Chase Chase Archibald definitely because he's he's the one who's capable of providing that um, that third scoring option to get that third player in double figures. And the good thing about Chase is if he's hitting, he can get double figures pretty much on three shots. You know, he shoots all three, not all threes, but he's shooting well from three um, the last few games. And but you know, I still feel like the one player that Mason County has that Bracken County really don't have an answer for is Riley Mast. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I've also seen games that where Bracken County's done a very good defensive job on Riley. So, uh, KG Walton's also a good pick. I remember those shots. I know one layup he hit late in that game 
that circus layup he threw up. And I just, other than a great individual play, I have no answers to why that ball even went in or had a chance to go in. But, you know, where KG can also be effective is on the defensive end. He's a good individual defender. He's quick. And I'm sure he's going to draw the assignment of Blake or Caden. Um, and I can see Terrell drawing the other. So who's who, who's playing Augusta then? Mason. Okay. So we're both we're both there, Mason versus Augusta. And like I said, and I think it's just because, you know, Mason County has more um gets more production. I'm not gonna say they have more, but they've got more production this year from all of their players. And like you said, 61 out of the 63 points in the first matchup came from Blake and Caden. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm not it's just hard for me to believe that Blake's gonna go in there and put up 47 again and um, and if he does, I'm not so sure that's Brighton County's best recipe to win. You know, yeah. if you got one guy scoring all the points, it's hard for Kate or Blake to outscore the entire Mason County team. Yeah. Um, but, um, like I said, Coach Reed, um, he'll have a game plan. I think he he's coached a lot of these Mason County players on the AAU circuit. I feel like, um, he knows their strengths or weaknesses, and I think they'll be ready to go. Um, with that being said, we're, we'll agree that Augusta over St. Pat and um, that game's on a Tuesday night at the field house. Um, I think Augusta's won the first meeting by 62 and the second one by like 55. So, you know, you're looking at about a, a 57, 58 margin over the fir- other regular season games. So um, I don't look for this one to be close either, but um, I think Augusta can – put this one away early and get their starters some much needed rest and also get some game experience for some people off the bench that may help them in the finals. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers, are, you know, they've won six in a row going into the district tournament. No, you know, granted majority of them are against the um, maybe lower half of the 10th region, Calvary, Brossard, Pendleton, Bourbon, Nicholas, but you know, you got to win in order to get there. And, you know, they won the majority of those convincingly, you know, they beat, Nicholas by 18, um, beat a, a Ludlow team with the stud that in Jackson Rice that averages 30 a game by 15, and they beat Bourbon by five. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing well down the stretch. Um, you know, it, it just makes you wonder, you know, where will they be at competitively come, come Thursday night against, you know, either Mason or Bracken. Um, but I just feel – the winner of the Mason Bracken game, I'm, you know, we both pick Mason. We we think Mason's the class of, of the district, and you know, one of the better teams in in the region, if if not maybe the best. So I, I think we're going Mason Augusta, and I think Mason will be cutting down the nets for I believe it'll be a, a sixth or sixth straight year, I believe. Well, and um, I do believe that this time of the year is when Jason Henson's at his best, um, mm-hmm. when he can develop you know game plans for a a game and has multiple days to prepare a lot of times in the regular season, you know, when you play games and you only got one day in between, it's hard to single-handedly prepare for that, you know, team. But, you know, he's been able to get film and prepare for about a week or so now. And, um, but the thing that just, the strange is both games against Bracken County this year, um, you know, they've had it where they were down one, or so in the third quarter and end up losing one game by 20 plus another one by like 18. Yeah. So, um, I feel comfortable enough to know that 
you know, Coach Henson's game plan in the finals probably will be a little bit different than what we've seen from him in the regular season. You know, I can see him wanting to sit on the ball and limit their possessions. And, you know, and he's always been one who likes that style of play and he'll do whatever it takes for his team to have the best chance to win. So we agree, Mason Augusta. And I also agree that Mason County's cutting down the nets on Friday. Is it Friday or Thursday? Uh, Thursday. I believe they go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, all, all double headers. So the boys, Mason Bracken boys and Mason Bracken girls will play Monday, then St. Pat Augusta boys and girls on Tuesday. So are the and, girls playing the first game every night? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be an interesting – I know it's – you know, this is more of a boys' podcast, but to me that, that district tournament's completely up in there. So – um, And, well, I we've played all four teams in, you know, that district. And um, the girls pointed out after we beat St. Pat the other night that we actually – we went undefeated against that district. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly believe that Coach Archibald's got the best team in that district. Um, just – they gave us the toughest matchups, you know, both times this year. And, yeah. um, but also know Mason County's beat Bracken County once this year. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to discredit Augusta's got a couple of nice girls players. And, yeah. you know, St. Pat's got a couple nice players that are experienced and McKay and Riggs. And that would be, you know, if I was a basketball fan and I wanted to watch good girls basketball, that district tournament has potential to be three very competitive games. Both yeah, first round matchups could be competitive in the finals. Yeah, one through four in that district. There's not like a clear, like, oh my gosh, this team is so much better than the other. So um see that. And then the 40th, um the one four matchup once again, you know, it's kind of like the one four and um the others. Um you got GRC in Bourbon County. Coach Derek Robinson's done a great job with Bourbon County this year, but just happened to draw on the wrong side of that coin flip and you know, get the four, and because I think they had a three-way tie, didn't they? Uh no, uh-uh. no. Um, Montgomery beat Bourbon, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah. Bourbon okay. ended up being the the four because they went uh, one and five, where Paris won on back-to-back nights to um to get the three seed. Right, right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like I said, I thought Coach Derek Robinson's done a great job with them this year. Uh, they improved from beginning to end got to be where they were playing very competitive at the end of the year. And um, it just happens to be that their number one seed in the district is also a top five team in the state. So, um, yeah. and also the the returning state champions. Yeah. They just seem like they kind of ran out of gas here toward the end of the year. You know, they were, they were playing well. Um, they got to 500, they got to 11 and 11. And then uh, once they lost that Paris game, it just seems like they it, it took the wind out of their sails and they lost seven in a row down the stretch and um you know the majority of those um were, were kind of lopsided losses so uh you know again I, I think Derek Derek Robinson's got that program going in the right direction but um they're they're still probably you know a year or two away from um you know making that next step and getting back into the regional tournament and you know that one four game is you know it's just tough. You know you you played yeah. GRC and GRC's beaten by 50 and in, in 25 uh in the two games. So you know, the one uh, I think we'll all be looking at will be Paris and Montgomery County. And didn't they split this year? Yeah, they did. Montgomery won the first one. Paris won the second one. And it looks like – Where that. is this district at? That's at Bourbon County. So, you would you would imagine Paris would maybe have the advantage there with being so close. But Montgomery usually always travels pretty well being a, a much larger school. So, um 
That's going to be a really good game come Tuesday night at 730. Um, I'm going with Montgomery County. Um, yeah. Um, I just feel like, you know, when I've watched Paris play, um, Ashford and Ransom, two really nice players. Um, Coach Ransom's done a great job at, you know, Paris. But I just – I can't get over – just I feel like Montgomery County's size um, and the um, – if what's it, is it Brennan Decker? Is that his yeah, name? Bre- right? Brecken Decker. Brecken Decker. Um, I just feel like – I feel like Montgomery County has a deeper roster top to bottom than Paris. I could be fair, wrong. But uh, – and I agree – but I'm going with the better backcourt in this one. I'm going Paris. I just think Ransom has them playing really, really well right now. Um, they've won seven of eight down the stretch here, and that includes a win over Montgomery County. And I just struggle to factor in the December 6th game where Montgomery won 71-61. That just seems like an eternity ago. And when we had Ransom on the podcast, he had mentioned that they were still kind of working some football guys back in and didn't really start turning the corner until around the the Christmas tournament at Bath County. And, you know, since that time, you know, they're, they're playing really good basketball. Uh, They are, um, you know, it looks like 11 and five in that stretch. So just, just playing really well. And I I just like the better backcourt here. Is Montgomery County healthy? Do you know? Uh, To my knowledge. um, Let me see here. Decker, Gentry, Fawns, Carroll. Yeah, I mean, it looks to me they had the majority in their last game. Decker okay. had 32. Uh, Who did? Decker going to win over Greenup County. Um, so, to me, yeah, it looks like they, they've they got pretty much all hands on deck. Dawson. I'm Gentry. going to – I'm still sticking with Montgomery County here, and, you know, this is great news for Coach Ransom's Greyhounds because every time me and you disagree, you all <laughs> – to get the better end of me. I can't tell you the last time that I've got the better end of you when we disagree. So if you notice, I've made a concerted effort to agree with you on the first two <laughs> districts because I didn't want to be wrong. Um, yeah, but- and, I, and that's where that Pendleton Nicholas one, I just didn't know where to go. So I'm going to I, – I, and we kind of agreed there. So, But I think that one's a little bit closer to 50-50 than um, yeah. this one here. I just – you know – I did get to see Malachi Ashford play against Pendleton County, and he put up 17 first-quarter points. I mean, he was literally unconscious um, for a young – probably one of the best rising stars in the 10th. But, you know, Montgomery has one in Luke Fons as well. So, you know, I just – Luke Fons being 6'7 or 8 or whatever he is and with his size, I just look, you know – and March, you're – Postseason basketball is a lot about guard play, and I'll give you that. I think Paris County or Paris County, Paris has the best backcourt with Ashford and Ransom, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess I can, you know. But Coach Ransom, if you're listening, good news is Evan picked you, and Coach Bentley, if you're listening, the bad news is I picked you. So um, I guess next next week we'll tune in to see who got the uh, who got the upper hand in this pick here, but. Um, either way, I think Montgomery and Paris is also one of those teams, you know, that could potentially scare a district winner. Yep. You no, know, I mean, 100%. I mean, they're, they'll be a dangerous, 
runner up because I mean I think we both know that GRC is going to win that district, and I don't think we're going to be calling any shock the world upsets. But uh, yeah, I mean Montgomery, they've um, you know the, the, my only thing with Montgomery is I just I haven't seen them play much of the tenth uh, region. You know they've played six games in their district. Other than that, they've played three region games um, outside. Who's that? Bracken, Pendleton, and who? Do you know? Uh, for Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, they have played, yeah, Bracken, uh, Pendleton, and Harrison. Okay. And lost by nine, uh, 47-38 on February 4th at Harrison, which, you know, that's a nine-point game. It was – that was a tight one throughout, I remember. They just didn't have the offense there. And I, I believe Dawson Gentry didn't play that one, so – to me, that shows that they can compete with the top four teams. Well, um, the, in the tenth, and they they only lost to Bracken at Bracken by two. So I was gonna say know. I was at the game at Bracken, and that game was close all the way throughout too. Um, mm-hmm. and actually Montgomery had a three at the buzzer to win that game, and a, a decent look. You missed, yeah. And then they they beat Pendleton County at Pendleton. I was at that game as well. Yeah, where Paris, I mean, and. and you know, if you're comparing the two, you know, they they struggled against Harrison, lost by 38. Um, you know, they, they did beat Bracken at the All-A, um, beat Augusta as well. And then um, they haven't really played. They, they Scott beat them by 22. So it's been a roller coaster for them. But I, to me, I just – I haven't really focused much on Paris prior to December 28th. I kind of took took things from there after that. Right. And to me, just just looks like they're 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 playing much better and and gotten a rhythm here and playing with a lot of confidence. Well, it seems to me from what you just mentioned, Harrison County, Scott, you know, kind of those margins with Paris. It seems to be like Paris may struggle with physical teams, right? You know, in Harrison County, you know, they're very physical on the defensive end, and I'm sure a Scott Scott team is as well, like most of Coach Frohmeyer's teams. So um, maybe that's the one area if you're Montgomery County you focus on maybe being really physical on the defensive end and you know trying to uh maybe use your size on the offensive end to post them up and to kind of just get really physical with them but either way I think it'll determine you know who uh who gets their style of play maybe the flow of the game or the pace of the game you know which one is going to benefit more so but I think every district though has a first-round game that could be must-see. You know, we talked about Scott Rosser, Mason Bracken, Nicholas Pendleton, and then Montgomery Paris. So, a lot of great action this week here in the 10th. Yeah, four really good games there. And, um, you know, really looking forward to seeing what happens and and how it shakes out come come next uh, Friday night, Saturday morning when the uh, 10th region draw comes out. Will you be able – are you going to be able to check out any games other than – the 37th district. I think the way the uh, schedule works out, I, sh- I should be able to make the semifinal night at the field house on a, on a Monday. I think it's a um, Monday, March, uh, March 6th. I believe I'll be able to make the semifinals. I'm talking about like in the district though. Oh no, I'll, I'll just be, I'll, I'll probably, I know I'll be at the 37th girls tomorrow because Rossert and Campbell play. And then I'm up in the air on Tuesday, but I most likely will be at Scott Brossard is my guess. So, um, 
but yeah, outside of that, I just the way things shape out, I, I won't be able to make anything else. All right. But I am looking forward to if I can make that semifinal night. That's that's one of my favorite nights of the years. Semifinal night, tenth region tournament at the field house. At the field house, I agree hundred percent. Stage man. comes down, you know, you got usually four pretty solid fan bases there. Um and you know, if if you do get the four heavyweights, if it's Mason Clark, Harrison and Campbell, that's you know, four good fan bases that'll bring a good crowd and I think it'll be a, a great atmosphere. But you know, I don't want to jump the gun and, and discredit right. anybody else just yet. I agree. Well, anything else this week? Uh um, you know, we had the the 10th region coaches association, all region teams. We can I guess we can go over those. Um and we could talk about our, our final um top ten. Yeah. All right. Let me um let's see here. Just trying to pull up the we should, do we want to do our top ten first? It's up to you, it doesn't matter either way. Okay. Yeah, my um my top ten. Tell you what, um Six through nine was really hard for me this week. It really, really was. I think um, it's hard every week, man. It is, but I feel like this week it was just like, who do you put there? So I went GRC one, Mason two, Campbell three, Harrison four, and Bracken five. I, I think those are That's the same exact five I have, same order. <clears throat> yeah, pretty solid there. Um, I went Scott six. Um, I just struggled to uh, put Paris over them. Just from the head-to-head result, and I know I had Scott six as well. I had Paris seven. Yep, same here. Montgomery eight. Yep, nine and Bourbon ten. That's exactly what I have. All right, first time all year. (laughs) Yeah, we've always had like one or two. Um, Well, I kept always slipping Brossard in there because I think I was, you know, just by the way they started the season, won the All A, and I felt like they were. Then they just just kept slipping and slipping and slipping, and finally Mm -hmm. I just. Decided myself that it's time to take him out. Yeah, I mean, going one and eleven down the stretch is just hard to justify um, where they're at. Right. Um, and then, uh, boys, region player of the year. I um, I I, I put Jerome Morton one. You know, it's... well, and you know, and me being the uh, past president of the tenth region association, I saw everyone's votes and um you know and i get those coaches that you know say well it's hard for me to vote for so and so because we didn't play them but at some point in time you know you know if you're a coach in the 10th region on the boys side you know drone morton you know drone morton's name you know his ability and what kind of skills he's possessed um but there's no doubt in my mind who the best player you know, I was glad the KBC went co with Terrell and um, Jerome, but um, from my point of view, Jerome Morton's been the best player in the region the last couple of years. Right, and I, I mean, I made that post, and I, I probably maybe upset some people, and I, it wasn't intended to do that, but I just think you know the best player on the best team should maybe get something their way, and I put Terrell too, and. Um, I had Aiden Hamilton three, so you know that, and that's not any disrespect to anybody else. I just think 
you know, the guys that produced and had winning teams, and those happen to be your top three teams in the region. So, Well, and I don't think anybody can argue that those three are definitely first-team all-region players. But, you know, you know how I talked about, you know, district draw day in the 39th is my favorite day on social media. My second favorite day is the day that the uh, all-region teams are released because everybody seems to have an opinion. Um, everybody, you know, it's like um, everybody says, well, way, the way the 10th region does it's wrong. Uh, there needs to be a better system. Well, okay, come up with one then. Well, yeah. I mean, us coaches, we nominate the players that we feel like should be considered. We're not allowed to vote for our own, so it's the other coaches that vote. But the thing is, and I've seen this, and I will never, ever say a coach or a name or whoever, but I've seen the way some coaches vote. Um, some districts stick together. Um, some coaches legit vote who they feel like are the top 15 players in the region. Others won't vote for people in their district. Or if somebody has a player who is, for example, if you're coaching a team, Evan, and you feel like you have a player who is capable of being the region player of the year and, and say, I have a player who's capable of being the region player of the year. I've seen coaches, well, they'll vote one, they'll vote your guy number one or vote, give him a one, which is the 15th best player in the region. So his numbers will be lower than their guys. Yeah. That's just not right. It's, yeah. it's not fair to the kid. It's not fair to the body of work that these kids have put in all season long. And I'm not saying our system is the best, but if it's not, come up with a better one. Yeah. It is a flawed um, system. Yeah, I, I think this is similar, you know, same discussion we had last year about it. And and I get it. And, you know, as far as coach of the year, now that was one that surprised me a little bit. I, I To me, I thought it would be Sean Ransom, hands down. Just the way he's got that team – Turned around so quickly. Um, I, I to me, I, I thought it, it could have been his, and that's who I voted for in the media one. And then I put, I put Eric Russell too. I just think the amount of adversity they had prior to the season, and then them being able to overcome it, and now they're on the heels of, of a twenty win season, and one of the top three teams in the region. I, I had him at two, and then I had uh, Brian Kirk at three. I think, you know, he he returned quite a bit, and then you add Riley Masson in that mix, and I I, I think the expectation was there for, for them to be able to do what they did. I just, I don't know if I saw it as with this much success going into the postseason. I believe they were, you know, 25 and five or. or well, something. and this is no disrespect to anybody else. Cause I think the 10th region is loaded with great young coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only coach of the year choice in the 10th on the boy side is Sean Ransom. Yeah. I That's mean, it's kind of had me a little puzzled on, you know, how, how it went, but and yeah. I can understand you making a case for uh, Eric Russell because he lost an all-region player at the beginning of the season, mm. and they're still, you know, they've had some lumps and some head scratchers throughout the season. But when it comes down to it, they've positioned themselves as the number one seed in that tough district, and you know, poised to make a run at the regional title. But um, Sean Ransom from last year's team to this year's Paris team, it's night and day. Not only the results, but also the competitiveness of the of them and um in my opinion i think he should have won coach of the year yeah we're in agreement there for sure 
But, you know, when you look at the coach association, you know, teams, every coach is going to defend their own player. I don't know how many times this week I saw that a coach said, well, my, my team or my guys on the third team, he's better than everybody on the second team. All politics. Yeah. Come on now. I just, I mean, those comments. Just not yeah, really it's just, and, but the same people crying politics, probably if they look at their ballots, there's probably some political things done on it as well. But, you right. know, Here's what I hate when people make that comment because it almost dismisses all the body of work that the players in front of their player did all season long. Like they're all like, well, my kid's better than so-and-so. Well, I mean, it's not fair. You know, it just kind of dismisses the work that that kid did. And I'm just, I don't know. It just frustrates me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I was glad to see Caden Custard also get first team. Um, I think that kid deserves recognition because he plays both sides of the ball. He's um, him and Blake Reed rounded out the three that you mentioned. Um, both those who are all obviously worthy of first team honors as well. So, I mean, but, you know, when I guess these people get on social media and they make these arguments, whatever, I guess that's kind of a good thing because it kind of shows you the amount of talent that the 10th region has. And I think it's loaded with talent. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's some really good players in this region, and um, I, I can. There, there's one thing I want to see change on the boys. Um, I should have brought up as president, but I didn't. But now that I'm on the girls' side and see how they do it, um, is the honorable mention. Um, on the boys' side, if you receive one vote at all, you're automatically honorable mention. Mm-hmm. On the girls' side, you have to appear on a percentage number of ballots. Like I think, out of you have to, your name has to be on three ballots. Yeah. To be honorable mention. Um, if you go look at the boys' honorable mention, there's 40 names. If you go look at the girls' honorable mention, there's like nine. Yeah. And I, so, I think it, it made some I, people confused on how this person or that person didn't even get on that list. Well, and I will say this um, on the girls' side, because people have reached out to me, um, I will never, ever go against any coach or share their information, blah, blah, blah. But I will say this, that every girls team in the 10th region nominated players. Yeah. There were no teams that chose not to nominate. Every team nominated a player or more. So. No, that's, that's good to know. Yes. Sure. It's not, that's not always been the case, but, you know, I can say that with 100% certainty on the girls' side that every team, every coach submitted nominations. But, you know, that's not a girls' podcast, so we'll save that for another day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, I got some film to watch tonight, man. I got a big game is tomorrow. Yeah. You can win or go home, man. I know. Everybody's zero and zero this time of the year. Are you excited for some survive and advance tweets? Um, I'm more excited for Brent Souders, the hay is in the barn tweet. Oh, I think he's preempted it, and it's he's been teasing it, and then uh, you'll you'll get the uh, final version tomorrow. Yeah, because they play on Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'll be that's tuning cool. in tomorrow for, you know, but yeah, survive in advance. That's always we a need, popular. We, we need something new though. Like survive in advance to me is like so played out. Now. <laughs> well, that's I wish you would have told me earlier in the week, and we could have thought some. We could have thought up a good segment of. Uh, New hashtags for postseason play. 
Yeah. Live and you learn. Live. Because <laughs> you live on and then, you you know, you learn from. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not a bad one. But, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll keep track of surviving advance this week and see how many times we see it because you know, you're going to see it at March madness as well. So guarantee you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see at least a handful of tweets that say surviving advance. <laughs> but technically that's what it is at this time of the year, you know? Yeah, it's great, man. I mean, I, I just, I just feel like just how blessed we are, um, you know, in the state of Kentucky, it's, it's one state champion and it gives um, 200 plus teams, it actually started today, but I'll I'll just say tomorrow. Right. It, it gives them hope, you know. Whether yeah. you're three and twenty-seven or twenty-seven and three, uh, everyone has the same chance, and and I think that's that's a great opportunity. And um, you know, these life lessons that these kids will learn the next few weeks, whether they win or whether they lose, or is is memories that they're going to take for that for for themselves. Um, I agree one hundred percent. And you know, I, I to this day I still remember the last time I put a jersey on. It was a Absolutely. hard loss. You know, yep. we missed two, two free throws in the final 10 seconds and, uh, you know, ended up losing. In a, Tennessee does it a little different because it's class, but, you know, we lost a heartbreaker to an inner city Nashville school. We had a really good team that year, and it's a game you, you still remember like it was yesterday. Right, and that's what this week – this week's going to create memories and moments that kids will be able to tell their kids about and – you know, these stories will live on forever. And I think that's one of the great things about the 10th region. You know, you go anywhere on a Saturday or, you know, where people talk about local basketball or whatever, and you'll still hear stories about the Jake Omer shot in the region to win. You'll still hear stories about Chris Lofton and, you know, Darius Miller. And you'll still hear stories about, you know, somebody upsetting somebody in the regional tournament when they came in with a losing record. And just, you know, these memories are just things that, you know, people live to tell and it just you know when you can take the floor and have the opportunity to create that memory or that moment with your teammates that are friends for life and just makes it that much more special but I just hope when I talk to you next week I'm I've got a district net around my shoulders again so that's that's what my focus is this week and like I said I got to watch film tonight but uh it's um we will what tune in next- get, when's when's the last time Pendleton girls have won a, a district 2012. Oh wow! So we got an opportunity this we got an opportunity this week. So we'll see. Yeah, no pressure. All right, man. Um, I'll get with you this week, and we'll set up something for next week. But until then, get out and check out district basketball this week. Stay tuned. Stay hot.